Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Before we get started, I want to remind you, we have two other great... Uh, Old Time Radio podcast for your listening pleasure. Check out the Old Time Radio Superman show at laserandsword.com. And also, there's The War, a World War II podcast, and you can follow that at thewar.greatdetectives.net. Also this weekend up at uh, greatdetectives.net is my review of the two 1940s Saint movies with Hugh Sinclair. Now it's time for us to take a listen to Police Headquarters. And today's episodes are Episode 7, Payroll Robbery, and Episode 8, Helen Marsh Killed. Sergeant Coombs. Hello, this is the Industrial Ironworks. Hargood speaking. Yes, Mr. Hargood. We're ready for our payroll escort. I'm at the bank now. All right. Uh, that's the second national, isn't it? Yes. I'll wait until your men arrive. All right, sir. We'll get right on it. Thanks. Radio. Send car 55 to the second national bank to escort a payroll master to the Industrial Ironworks. Yes, sir. Broadcast 81. Proceed to the second national bank. The YR call. Hey, that's us. Yeah. YR. That's an escort call, isn't it? Yeah. Probably the industrial ironworks. They pay off twice a month. Much dough? Oh, about 40,000. Perkins and I used to escort it all the time. That is, before he got canned. Mm, that's a lot of dough. Yeah, they used to pack it alone, but they lost the whole caboodle about six months ago. 
Some yegg forced their paymaster to the curb and took it with him. All Hargood had left was a bump on his head. Hargood? Yeah, he's the paymaster. Good Scott. That is, as far as I know. We're to meet him at the bank. Well, all I can say is, I wouldn't want to pack $40,000 around with me. Unless I had a couple of Tommy guns on each side. No, sir. Not in these times. Well, here we are. You stay in the car. I'll duck in and meet Hargood. Oh, here he is. He's waiting for us. Hello, Mr. Hargood. Keep you waiting? Well, not long. A couple of minutes or so. Meet my new partner, Officer Adams. Oh, pleased to meet you, Adams. Where's Perkins? I don't know. The department let him go for some reason. Well, hop in. We'll deliver you to the foundry. Intact? <laughs> well, I hope so. <laughs> Oh, it's not necessary, but well, perhaps you'd better. The old man's very fussy about the payroll since I lost that bag last year. <laughs> We'd carry it in an armored tank if he had his way. Well, I don't blame him much. Forty thousand's a lot of money. Yeah, it's fifty thousand today. Some special bonuses. Hmm. Someday I'm going to knock you over myself. <laughs> Stay in the car, Joe, and I'll take Hargood inside. Right. No, 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 Hargood. Hey, officer! There's a fight around the corner. A couple of fruit peddlers are wailing the stubbins out of each other. You better break them up. I'll be around there in a minute. Oh, you better come right now. It's a real fight. I said I'd be around there in a minute. I'm waiting for my partner. Oh, yeah? Oh. There, that'll hold you, you oh. smart copper. Joe! Joe, he's heading your way with the payroll. Let him off. Hey, Joe, where are you? Stop him. He's got the payroll. Hey, Joe! Holy smoke. He's been beamed. <laughs> tell, Chief. Just as Hargood and I reached the alley, this guy steps out and slugs me. As I fell, I saw him strike Hargood, and the next thing I knew, he was gone. He didn't quite knock me out, and as soon as I had my head cleared, I took a couple of shots at him as he ran toward the car where Joe was. I see. He was too far away to hit, so I yelled at Joe to head him off. I couldn't see Joe anywhere, so I beat it to the car and found him laying on the seat cold as a cucumber. Yeah. The fuller gave me the sap before he lifted the payroll. You see the man? Not very good, sir. He came running up to the car, telling me there was a fight around the corner. And when I refused to get out, he shot me. Mm, he I... sure had it all figured out, Chief. And it worked out just like he planned it. Why were you and the paymaster going in the back way? Don't you usually go in the front office? Yes, sir, but I was just following Hargood. I guess he had some reason for going in that way. Well, it's done. And I don't mind telling you, boys, that you'll have some explaining to do when the civil service meets again. If you're assigned to protect that payroll, you fail, both of you. Well, I'll do what I can for you. But I don't mind saying that you're both in the spot. Yes, sir. That's all. Thank you, sir. I knew the old boy would be hot under the collar about it. Yeah. What do you think they'll do? I never tell. They may overlook it, and again, they may bounce us. What are you doing this afternoon? Oh, nothing. Why? Well, we got ourselves into this mess, so I suppose it's up to us to get ourselves out. What do you mean? I mean, if we wait for the dicks to run this thing down, we'll be warming park benches. I got a hunch, and we're going to follow it up. Come on. Where are you going? To talk to Mrs. Hargood.
Well, that's all I know about it. Just what Henry told me. Oh, I wish he'd give up that job. He was hurt about six months ago, and then yesterday. Oh, I know he'll be killed someday if he carries that money around all the time. No, I wouldn't worry, Mrs. Hargood. Well, thanks. Hmm. Is this your car out in front? Yes, Henry bought it about three months ago. Sure a beauty. I'll bet it set him back a pretty penny. He didn't tell me what it cost it, but I know it was very expensive. His brother called him a fool for buying it. Yeah, they don't give away cars like that. Well, goodbye. We'll be seeing you. Yes, thanks for calling, officer. Well, what do you make of it, Wiley? I don't know for sure, but I have a pretty good idea that this thing was an inside job. Yeah? Yeah. I had a hunch from the first. I didn't tell you, but I had a feeling the day of the holdup that Hargood knew the fellow who socked us. He started getting nervous as soon as we approached the back of the factory. Well, why were you asking Mrs. Hargood about the car on the house? I got a hunch that Hargood must have framed that other list six months ago. It's a sense he doesn't make much dough on that factory job. And right after the robbery, he buys a new car and moves to a swell house. Say, that's right. Who do you think is in on it with him? His brother. His wife mentioned him, you know. His brother? Yeah, and some other guy. The guy who tried to decoy you out of the car. Yes, but... Uh... I know, I know, I know. You you thought he was the same guy who blackjacked me. Well, he wasn't. The guy didn't have time to get around to the alley after he socked you. It was done by two of them. Well, who was the other? I don't know, but I'm looking into this brother of Hargood's. He didn't like it when Hargood bought that fancy car. Well, maybe he had a reason. What did you find out? I done just like you told me, Wiley. And he nearly threw me out of his office. Yeah? Well, tell me about it. Well, I look him up in the city directory, and I find out Hargood's brother is a lawyer. Inquiring around, I find his reputation ain't any too savory. His name's Thurman. Uh, uh, James Thurman. Oh, all right, go on. Well, I put on this old suit of clothes like you told me to, and I went up there and I told him I was a lunger. Didn't have much time, and I had to get some money to get out west. Told him that I'd forget all about seeing him down behind the industrial ironworks if he'd give me five grand. And what did he do? <laughs> well, he called me everything from a blackmailer to a louse, and he told me to get out. And you got out, huh? Yeah. Was that all he said? Yeah. He didn't threaten to call the police? No. Well, that settles it. He didn't want to call the police for a darn good reason. He knew that he'd have to answer some questions. Well, what's that? Homicide alarm. Must be some case for the chief of detectives. I wonder what it is. No, tell them. They ring that bell day and night. Well, can you find out? Sure, but uh, why are you so interested? Oh, just a new cop's curiosity, I guess. <laughs> well, just to satisfy your curiosity, I'll find out. Hello, Tim. What's the Dick's alarm on for? Yeah? Where? Where? Holy smoke! What's up? What's up? Well, this lawyer we're talking to this afternoon, Hargood's brother, just called the commissioner. Two yeggs walked into his office and shot it out. With him? No, with each other. We're going to follow that investigation. Come on, rookie. All right, all right. Get back out of the way. Get back, you. Come on, Joe. Here's the room. Oh, hello, Chief. We didn't know that you'd be here. What brings you two patrolmen in here? Oh, we're off duty tonight, Chief. I just wanted to follow this call up. Well, sit down over there and keep quiet. Yes. Now, Mr. Thurman, you say you were seated at your desk. Yes, I was seated at my desk when the telephone rang. It was my brother. This man? No, no, the other one. Holy smoke. 
One of the dead guys is a paymaster Hargood. The other one is a guy that socked me. Go ahead, Mr. Thurman. Well, my brother said he was in a sort of jam and wanted to see me. I waited about 15 minutes, and then I heard those two men crawling in the hallway outside my door. When they opened the door and came in, this dark man jerked out a gun and shot my brother through the head and once through the body. My brother pulled his gun and shot the other man through the head as he fell. One of the bullets hit the light switch and shorted out the light. The room was pitch dark, but I crawled across to the telephone and dialed your home. I see. You knew my number? Yes, I've called you before, you remember. Well, I guess that's that. <clears throat> What's the matter, Wiley? Uh, nothing, Chief, except that this guy is the biggest liar I ever heard. What? Why, who is this man, Chief? Wiley, on our radio patrol. What makes you say that, Wiley? Because he is, sir. A liar and a murderer. Why, you low-down, dirty... You can't say that about me. What's more, he's a payroll robber, and he killed those guys to keep him quiet. That's a lie. What do you mean? This guy and his brother Hargood, there on the floor, engineered the whole thing with the help of the other guy laying there. I demand that this officer be arrested for making false charges. Now, wait a minute. Go ahead, Wiley. Well, sir, I had a hunch that Hargood recognized the guy who robbed us. I also found out that Hargood spent a lot of money right after the first holdup six months ago. He immediately bought a new car and moved into a new house. Where'd you get that? From Mrs. Hargood. She also told us that Hargood's brother, this man here who calls himself Thurman, didn't like the sudden display of wealth. Hmm. Well, I sent Adams around to make a pretense of blackmailing Thurman, and this guy just threw him out instead of calling the police like any innocent citizen would have done. That's right, Chief. I know, but where do you get the idea that Thurman here killed his brother and, and this other man? By his own story, sir, and the man on the floor. Well, what do you mean? Thurman says this man uh, jerked out a revolver and shot Hargood twice. Once through the head and once through the heart. Two instantly fatal wounds. He also tries to tell us that Hargood, fatally hit in two places, was still able to put a, pull out his gun and shoot the other man through the head. That's not possible, sir. Look out! Stop him! He's heading for that window! Yeah, man! Oh, great Scott! A ten-story jump! Good Lord! Yeah? He knew he was caught dead to rights. Well, sir, that saves the state the expense of a trial. Police headquarters. All right, Chief. Hello, Tim. Send an ambulance to the Fletcher building on a trip to the morgue. Police headquarters. Just a minute, I'll connect you with the homicide. Homicide detail, Captain Harris. This is uh, Lawrence French, manager of the Melody Theater. I wish you'd hurry right over here. Uh, what's wrong, Mr. French? Well, uh, we're not sure yet. It uh, looks like a murder. Who is it? One of our performers, a girl. I, I wish you'd hurry right over here and see what you can make of it. All right, I will. And, uh, Captain. Yeah? Uh, come to the stage door with as little noise as possible. The show's still on, and we want to avoid any excitement. All right, sir. Oh, Murphy. Yes, sir. Hey, Weaver. Yes, sir. You two men get your things. Flashlight powder or camera... And Murphy. Yes, sir. Uh, get a fingerprint outfit and meet me in front. Uh, yes, sir. Where to, Captain? To the Melody Theater. Okay. Somebody has a nice little show all arranged for us. Yeah, try to cut in on this alley without attracting any attention, Weaver. All right, Captain. Yeah, that's good. Now, I'll turn into the stage entrance here. All right. Uh, come on. Don't make any noise. Watch these steps. Here, take this camera, Murphy. Are you the officers? Uh, yes. Uh, where's Mr. French? He's expecting you up front there in the dressing room. Oh, good. Anybody gone out to this door since he called us? No, sir. I've been on this door every minute. Yeah, all right, Pop. You stay on this door. 
anyone tries to leave, call me or one of the boys here. You bet I will, sir. Come on, boys. Now watch these ropes, Tap. You don't want to knock anything down. Yeah, pretty swell joint, isn't it? Yeah, all these lights blind me, though. Yeah, here we are. Hey, where's uh, the... You're the officer from headquarters? Yeah. In this dressing room right here. He's uh, lying right over there. Oh. Stabbed in the back. Anything been moved? No, sir. I saw to that. Uh, who's this fellow? He was caught trying to slip out. His name is, uh, Prince. What's your full name? Tom Prince. Know this girl? Uh, yes. Yes, I know. I've been quite friendly with her, but I didn't do it. Do you hear? I didn't do it. Well, who says you did? This man here, French. Yeah, what about it, Mr. French? Well, the call boy tried to get this girl to answer for her second number, but there was no response. He opened the door and saw her lying on the floor with that knife on her back. He immediately called me. Yeah, wait a minute. Who is this girl? Her name is Marsh. Helen Marsh. She works in a knife-throwing act. It's in number two spot right now. She's supposed to make a quick change and stand in on an Oriental number. Did she go through her knife act tonight? Yes. And when the call boy called her for the Oriental number, she was dead, huh? That's right. Uh, how much time is consumed between the knife act and the Oriental number? Oh, about uh, ten minutes. And she could have been killed at any time during that ten minutes, huh? That's right. Well, where does this man fit in? Uh, Mr. Prince has been uh, one of Miss Marsh's admirers. He went with her quite steadily, I believe. Earlier this evening, they had some words, and uh, Miss Marsh told him to leave. How'd you find that out? From the other actors, it's common knowledge. Backstage gossip, you know. I see. Well, what's your story, Prince? What he told you is true. I did go with Helen, Miss Marsh. I've gone with her for a month or so, nearly every evening. Well, earlier tonight, my brother told me that she'd come to him demanding money or she'd involve me in a scandal of some sort. I didn't believe him, and we both came to the theater before the show tonight to see her. I see. Your brother came with you? Yes, he made Miss Marsh admit she was only trying to work me for some money, and we both left just as Jose came in. Jose? Who's he? Jose Gonzalez, her partner in the knife-throwing act. Oh. Where did you and your brother go after leaving here? I had some passes, so we took in the show. He's still out there, I guess. You were seeing the show with him? Yes. And how do we find you back here? With Mr. French telling us that you were caught trying to leave. Well, during the show, I got to thinking that maybe Helen had some reason for saying what she did. So I came back through an exit door to give her another chance to explain. I told my brother I was going out for a smoke. I see. And your brother is still sitting out in front? Yes, unless he got tired of waiting for me and left. Yeah, we'll find out about that. Well, what did you see when you came back here? Well, I knew Miss March was in a dressing room between acts, so I knocked on the door and walked in. Yeah, and then... Helen Moss was lying just as you see her now, with that knife sticking out of her back. What did you do? I closed the door and tried to get back to the theater, but Mr. French caught me. Yes, the call boy had already notified me. I see. Well, Mr. French, there's only one thing to do. That is, to empty the house, see if this man's brother is in the audience, and bring him back here. Also, I want to see this Jose Gonzalez. If I'm not mistaken, that knife that's sticking in her back looks very much like one he'd used. As you say, Captain, but, uh... Can't you wait until later, say, after the last show to make your investigation? I'm sorry, but we'll do it my way. Dismiss the audience and see if this other Mr. Prince is in the theater and tell all the performers to remain in their dressing rooms until I see them. As you wish. I'm sorry to have to do this, Mr. French, but murder is a serious matter. I understand. I'll inform the audience right after this number. All right. Now, don't frighten them. Just make some excuse, refund if necessary. That's up to you. I'll handle it. Yeah, get those pictures now, Weaver. Well, I'm sorry, buddy, but you'll have to stick around. Looks like you're in a spot. Well, I didn't do it, I tell you. I didn't do it. Uh, we'll see. Ladies and gentlemen, we are forced to ask your indulgence in view of a tragedy which has just happened backstage. 
The remainder of tonight's performance will be canceled. Uh, there's no reason for excitement. Uh, those of you who wish may get the price of their seats refunded at the box office. If a Mr. Prince is in the house, a brother of Mr. Tom Prince, he is wanted backstage. A little music, please, Temple. Say, you never saw this knife before? No, it is painted like the rest of my knives. But this one is not like the rest. It does not uh, have the balance. And as these other actors say, you were downstairs playing poker from immediately after your act until now, huh? Yes, uh, I did not know of this until I am told. Uh, all right, you can go. Uh, dismiss the rest of the cast, too, French. I'm through with them. Yes, Captain. Oh, see who it is. Where's my brother? What has happened to my brother? Now, wait a minute. Who said anything had happened to your brother? Well, it was announced that there had been a tragedy backstage. My brother has not returned to his seat. Oh, you're Tom Prince's brother? Yes, I am Dr. Prince. Now, did you know that your brother was coming backstage? No. He told me he was going out for a smoke. Where is he? What's happened to him? Yeah, nothing has happened to him. He's right in the next room. Dr. Prince, it looks very much like your brother is in a jam. Jam? What sort of a jam? Alan Marsh was found dead in the next room. Dead? Yes. And we suspect your brother of the murder. It's impossible, ridiculous. Yeah, nevertheless, it looks bad for him. Mr. French here found him trying to sneak out. Who is Mr. French? This gentleman in the tuxedo. He's the manager of the theater. Oh. May I see my brother? Yeah, sure. Yeah, get him, Weaver. Yes, sir. John. John, I'm glad you're here. They've got me in an awful mess. Now, brace up, John. I want you to answer just one question. Did you kill Helen Mars? Oh, no, no, for heaven's sake. No, don't you believe me either? Yes, Tom, I believe you. Well, I'm sorry, Dr. Prince, but I don't. I'll have to take him down for questioning. Uh, may I see the body? I'm a physician, you know. Uh, I guess it'll be all right. In here. There. Hmm. Stabbed. Yeah. What's more, she was stabbed while facing her killer. How do you know that? By the position of the knife. It was driven into her body by a left-handed man who reached over her right shoulder and drove the knife home. Hmm. My brother is right-handed. Yeah, I know, but... That doesn't prove anything. It is a point, though. Do you mind if I turn the body over? No. No, I guess not. We have all our pictures. All right, uh, give me a hand here. Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah. She was a good-looking woman, wasn't she? Yes, but terribly unscrupulous. I'm rather inclined to agree with Schopenhauer that women are an unscrupulous race. Schopenhauer? Well, who's he? Well, you probably wouldn't know him. He's an old philosopher. Uh, like Napoleon, huh? Well, hardly. Hmm. Look at this. What'd you find, Doctor? I don't know exactly. Look at this little round bruise in the center of her forehead, about the size of a pea. Birthmark, maybe. Not this. There's coagulation of blood here. It's a bruise. Well, from what? Her fall? Mm, no. What caused it, then? I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to decide. Let me see. Captain, how does this sound? Does it sound reasonable to you? When Helen Marsh started playing around with my brother with the obvious intention of getting all the money she could, she invoked the displeasure of someone else. Yeah, but... Now, that someone had spent a lot of money on this Marsh girl, done a lot for her. And when he found out that her game was making suckers out of men like my brother, he resented it even more than my brother did. Well, it's a sense that whoever killed her must not have liked her very much. Now, granted. Now, this man finds out what sort of a woman she is, and he gets very angry. 
He plans to kill her and throw suspicion on Jose, the knife thrower, by using a gilded knife, like the one in the act. Well, maybe. Now, the killer sneaked back here and between acts entered the room. He embraced her with his left arm over her right shoulder. And with her face pressed firmly to his chest to suppress a scream, he drove the knife into her body and fled. Oh, sounds okay. The murderer left one little clue, Captain. Yeah, what was that? A small bruise on Helen Marsh's forehead. Captain, how tall is this Marsh girl? Oh, five, one or two. Mm, nearer five even, I'd say. And how tall is one of us men? Say, French over here. Oh, about six feet. Then Helen Marsh, standing up and facing one of us, would stand with the top of her head just under our chin? Yeah, but... Captain, that mark on Helen Marsh's forehead was made by just one thing. A stud. A tuxedo stud on the front of a man's shirt, such as French is wearing. And, Captain... I want to... Yes, on French's shirt front are the marks of Helen Marsh's lips, for he pressed a rouged mouth close to his body to keep her from screaming. There's your murderer, the theater manager. Police headquarters. All right, Captain. Hello, Tim. Send a car to the Melody Theater. The manager's just confessed to murder. Police headquarters. Well, that second episode helps me rest assured, knowing that when crimes occur, that um, some random doctor will actually solve the case for the police. I have to admit that that is an ending I've never heard in all of the crime dramas I've listened to. Some character, not a regular on the show, not part of the police investigation, not some super sleuth, just a random doctor in the audience who happens to be the brother of one of the suspects, solves the case for the uh, police. I also didn't know that 1930s policeman thought Napoleon was a philosopher. And episode seven was, I guess, a more typical uh, mystery story. I think particularly uh, we've heard the plot before of the uh, inside job. And this was, it was a decent uh, version of that here. Though once again with patrolmen having to do the jobs of uh, detectives. Hopefully the uh, police detectives will have some better luck uh, next week. And so be sure and join us back here next Saturday for another episode of Police Headquarters. And um, we'll be back on Monday with yours truly, Johnny Dollar. In the meantime, uh, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.